We've got our first. Um, I was going to say show person. That's not that <laughs> Call me what? Yeah, whatever. That's show me bumbling person. on the radio. We have the show starter here. We with have the us show right starter, now. the opening act, right? Uh, Dana Catherine, welcome to welcome to Duluth. Welcome Thank to you. Built Upon a Rock Fest Thank and Real Presence Radio. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be in Minnesota. I have a lot of very good friends from Minnesota, and so I know the accent well. But I've never been here. We don't have accents. Do <laughs> no, we? no accent. I have the accent. You have right? an accent. I have an accent. Now, I probably do. <laughs> so where's where's your hub? Where's your home base? Um, I'm originally from North Carolina, which I love, and so I say y'all a lot. But I actually just moved to Nashville, Tennessee, um, last week. So wow. So, so we, have, we gotta get you hooked up with Father Kevin. I know. <laughs> there were actually some of my friends wanted to get me connected with with some people in Nashville that they knew, which was really nice. And a few people in Father Kevin's band were people I got connected with through text, and I was like. Oh, this is you in the flesh now. I think we got connected, but nice to meet you. What are the <laughs> so, odds? Yeah. I know, right? Small world. This is your first time in Duluth? It is. Yeah. When did you get in? I got in yesterday. Yesterday around noon. So we got to eat some good food at... There's a grill nearby. Yeah, Duluth Grill probably. Yeah, I Duluth think that's grill. what it is. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I had this coffee Legendary. So good. Legendary food and yeah. coffee at yeah. Duluth Grill. The 27th Avenue West. Yeah, so apparently that's why we went. And it was really great. And the day could not be more beautiful today. It's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, because I hear, obviously, Minnesota is cold a lot of the time. <laughs> a couple not of years, today. I think it was a couple <laughs> years ago, or last year, it was... It was it didn't rain, but it was wind coming off the lake. And oh, gosh. Overcast. And so this is good. Well, we're very blessed today yeah. with this weather. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, Dana, let's take a step back and talk a little bit about your faith journey. You grew up Catholic, um, but did you have a strong relationship with Jesus as a young person? I definitely did. I think it was honestly, it was just grace. Um, but I always had such a strong relationship with my parents. Like We were best friends, and it was just my brother and I and our, and our parents. Um, and so they loved God. They loved our faith. We went to Mass every Sunday, every weekend. They were involved in faith formation classes and stuff, so they were teaching us. And so I think because I loved my parents so much, and, and they just we talked about God all the time, like just at home when it came to anything, uh, that I thought, okay, well, they love God. They love our faith. I'm going to take that on. Um, but my, my faith definitely became more personal, um, maybe in, in high school and then definitely in college. But I was always praying. I just had, it's not like anybody told me to, but I just would always pray, always talk to God. You know. I, I have a quote here from you. Okay. On, on the impact of her Catholic faith on her music ministry. <laughs> so this is what you said. Okay, all right. <laughs> you ready for See this? if you remember. Sure. <laughs> I'd say the number one part of my Catholic faith that influences my music ministry is Jesus in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. The intimacy in my relationship with God has largely been the result of hours upon hours in Eucharistic adoration. Aside from receiving our Lord at Mass. Yeah. Whenever I'm not steeped in prayer, especially in front of the Eucharist, my songwriting tends to suffer. I watched a YouTube video... Um, of you at a, a woman's conference, yeah. um, you you explain that too, and before the song "I Will Follow," mm-hmm. I think is what it's called. Yep. Um, and so, talk about your relationship with the Lord in the Eucharist, and also how that impacts your songwriting, because you you shared on that video as well. Like, hey, when I'm not in prayer, yeah. it's not of the Lord. Yeah, and I'm definitely feeling that lately because since I moved, to, it's only been a week, but since I moved to Nashville, and I've been I've been traveling a lot this. Um, this summer, it's been harder to get to, to adoration, and I am starting to feel it now. So I definitely need to go to adoration today at some point, because I know we have that, right? Um, so I started uh, going to adoration more and more. I think it was honestly in college. This is a very long story, so I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna tell you one little part of it. But um, in high school, my mom, <laughs> my mom went blind within like a month, 
and it was because of the Eucharistic adoration. We started a 24-7 adoration one night. Huge miracle. She was the first miracle um, the next day. Uh, she could see and so after that it's a very long story just know Eucharistic adoration like Eucharistic you just miracle. threw that out there I know. at us so, so now you'll have to I, th- I think I'd have, have it out online somewhere Holy but cow. it was because of that that I was like this is actually Jesus so I think in ninth grade like I've been saying this is Jesus but this is really truly Jesus she was the first miracle of that adoration chapel for like the whole year um, there were so many and so once I got into college, and college was definitely tough for me. It was just very hedonistic, very like pleasure-seeking, cliche college culture was all around me. And so I just like ran to God, and I especially ran to Eucharistic adoration. And I remember towards the end of college, when I was I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? I thought I was going to go into the medical field. I thought like, okay, I'm like semi-intelligent. I want to have a good job. Let's do that. And I just felt unsettled. And so I really had to follow what the Lord wanted for me. And so in the midst of trying to figure that out, I felt God calling me um, one Lent. I think it was maybe my junior or senior year to go to adoration every day for the 40 days of Lent. And I said, okay, like that sounds great to me, like spending more time with you and I have to go, right? Like it's my thing. So after that, that's when I realized how important it was to just be with Jesus truly like in the flesh every, I mean, as much as I, I could. And after that, I gained so much peace. Um, and that's where now I write my talks generally in adoration. Any talk I give for a retreat or a conference, um, a lot of times I'll come back from adoration um, or just during a week when I really am with Jesus in the Eucharist a lot, I'll write a lot of songs. And it's just because, I mean, if you think about it, like I've been thinking about it lately since I have been feeling a little run down spiritually. Like if, if you're with Jesus face to face, how can you not be filled up? Like, how can you not? Um, And most of the time, I'm not even saying much in adoration anymore. I'm just sitting there, like, with my friend, with this person I love. Um, And so, of course, great things will come of that in your spiritual life and for me in my music. You said that you've had a busy summer, and you've maybe moved recently, I I heard. But uh, is it ever hard to, you know, keep yourself motivated and keep yourself going when you feel like you're running around and and you're going from... You know, you're singing here, you're doing this talk here, you're singing here, you're playing for this adoration, you're doing this show. And, you know, what is what is that like? And and how do you kind of deal with that kind of lag and 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 uh, fatigue? Yeah, it can definitely get tiring. And I am definitely I'm an extrovert, but I'm a person that I need my rest. I need my alone time, too. And and I need my sleep. Honestly, I love sleeping. Um, And so it can get really hard, but I think the biggest thing that takes a toll probably on anybody traveling and doing ministry or music or speaking, whatever it is, um, is, is trying to keep your heart set on God. Like my prayer lately has been, Lord, just keep me humble or make me more humble and like keep my heart pure and keep me set on you. Because once you start losing that truth that like this is all really for God, like everything I'm doing, all these songs I'm writing, everything I'm saying, these like hundreds, thousands of, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds or thousands of kids that I'm speaking in front of, like this is not about me. And once it starts becoming about me just a little bit, you just, I lose that fervor and that passion. And I'm like, what am I doing all of this for? Mm-hmm. And you get a lot more anxious because when pride enters the picture, it is not the best thing. Um, so I think the biggest thing is just staying humble. And if you feel that pride coming up and that lack of passion behind the mission, I realize like I need to be reset in God and keep my eyes on him and reset them on his heart. Can you tell us about uh, 
a time or a show that you did or a conference that you did that really sticks out in your memory as, you know, being really profound or something that God really did profound for either you or your group or the youth yeah. that you were in front of? Yeah, so it was actually at the beginning of this summer, um, maybe May or June, so the beginning of everything starting for summer, I was in the Amarillo Diocese, um, that Texas? Of Texas, yes. They are so sweet there. <laughs> I so think they sweet. say y'all. Yes, they definitely do. Um, and so I felt like I was at home. And so I uh, was giving one of the keynote talks and playing music and stuff. But um, I had been asking God. It was, I forget, it was about maybe the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, something like that. And I had been trying to write this talk the whole week and nothing was coming to me. Like I felt like there was just a wall. There was just a wall and I couldn't figure out what to say, which is not like me. Cause I really do try to rely on Jesus, on the Holy Spirit, on the Father, like to tell me what to say. And I was like, okay, God, like maybe we'll just wait until like the night before and I'll write it. I don't know, I just, I trust you. Nothing was coming. Like this has never happened to me before. And then the day of, I had like a vague idea of maybe a story I was gonna tell and a few things I wanted to tell the kids. But like, it was not normal for me. And I actually uh, was prayed over by a few nuns there. They were so beautiful. Um, And I just so like profoundly felt the Holy Spirit that day. And I was so run down, so tired. Um, And so I got up on the stage for like an hour and like the Holy Spirit just took over. This is what I'm talking about. Like keeping your eyes just on Christ and saying, what do you want, God? Like I will, like I surrender, I trust. I don't even honestly know too much of what I said. I told that story, but like really the Lord was speaking and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me like, let's do some worship to begin this. I wasn't supposed to be leading any worship, but we did like 25 minutes of that um, because the kids didn't seem that into it the whole day. And so I felt God telling me that and it like broke the place open. It was amazing. I felt, I felt like so hot sometimes when I know the Holy Spirit is there, it's just, I get like very warm. Um, And so that was amazing. And that really showed me, that was like God saying, Dana, just trust me, lean on me. Even when it seems crazy, you know, I will work through you when you provide that space for me to work. That's incredible. We're here at Built Upon a Rock Fest preview show here in Duluth, Minnesota. A special rendition of Real Presence Radio. Real Presence Radio sponsors is one of the big sponsors for the concert, and so we're grateful for Real Presence Radio and their involvement in our community, um, especially for their support of uh, tonight's concert. Amen. We're here with Dana Catherine, our opening act tonight, and we're having a good conversation about faith and the Eucharist yeah. and even the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the... I've experienced that as a priest. Sometimes yeah. I've been where I'm walking over to the pulpit. I have a homily ready, and the Lord's going, "No, I want you to. Yeah. I want you to say this." And I'm like, "Lord, I, I'm not prepared to say that." You know, and so those moments where it's like, "Okay, here we go. I don't know what's going to come out, but they're the most anointed homilies, um, and have the, the greatest anointings for people's lives." Yeah. Um, so I've really learned to kind of tune into that, especially when I know that I've been tuned into the Lord. Exactly. Knowing that's key, right? Exactly. Yeah, you have to be tuned in. That type of stuff can't happen, at least in my life, if I'm not in daily prayer, prayer with God and I'm not tuned in. There's no way that can happen because I'm not filled up. It's just all about am I filled up by the Lord or not right now. Is there any particular song that you've written that kind of has really come out of that? I mean, they all are inspired, I think, by the Holy <laughs> Spirit. You. But is, is there one in particular where you can say, like, yeah, I remember writing that one or that? That particular song that really, that was an action of the Holy Spirit very strongly? Definitely. The song I Will Follow, which I wrote a few years ago, is in the midst of me trying to figure out, Lord, am I still supposed to go on the normal path, like go into the medical field, or am I supposed to now take this album that I had and run with it and just trust you and let you show me the next step? Um, 
And I was just, I just really had to surrender in that moment and say, Lord, you've done so much already in my life. You've given me the opportunity to record this album. I think I need to do something with it. And it was just like my cry to God. Um, and in that moment, I mean, it was, took maybe all of 30 minutes to write this song after I was praying and just surrendering and asking the Lord what he really wanted me to do and just saying, I'm going to do it, Lord. I'm at this point where I am just desperate to, to do what you want me to do. And I think out of that desperation, it was definitely, um, this song came from the Holy Spirit. And I think I, I see that more now too because I can write a song or I have some songs that I absolutely love and I'll play it and people love them. But when I sing this song, I will follow like something happens and people cry and people come up to me and they mention that song especially and they said, you know, they always say this is exactly what I need in my life right now. And so I think that's how you know a song is, is more anointed maybe um, by the Lord and I'm blessed for that <laughs> you know I want all of my songs to be like that but if one specifically can be like that right now I'm, I'm good with that too <laughs> is that, oh go ahead Father uh, you know I was listening to um, some worship music online one day and just kind of was going through some stuff and I don't even not a big music person so I don't even <laughs> remember who it was but she, she kind of talked before this one song and she talked about how you know we, what we don't need is just talented musicians oh, yeah. in our churches but we need anointed mm-hmm. musicians and that, that sense of being anointed and then allowing the, the spirit to, to work through that charism of music and that gift of music and not just being talented at it but truly being anointed and that comes down to a relationship with the Lord it and the does. Holy Spirit right? it does and it's amazing I mean when for me like when I've just been at events worship events or, or concerts and stuff you can tell I mean it doesn't even matter sometimes if if a certain person has the best voice or they're the best at playing guitar or whatever it is if they do have that like whatever it is that anointing I guess you call it like you just feel God move and it's really not about that person or that group of people like you just feel the Holy Spirit present because they're so humble and they're so just they're such a an empty vessel for God to just fill up and and flow through and I think that really is what anointing is so once again I think it just takes that humility and that obedience to whatever God wants in the moment which is hard (laughs) I, I lead a lot of worship or like music you know so I write a lot of Christian music that's pop but I lead a lot of worship for for camps and for retreats and conferences and that's when the anointing I feel like really comes through because if God you know in the moment you just feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you to do something um, you just hopefully do it and even if it seems so simple to you you have no clue how the Holy Spirit's going to flow through that for for the people there no clue and not to confuse people for a lack of preparation as you have it yes tell us a little bit about (laughs) what kind of preparation for you and and your band has to go into you know a night like this it's it's a lot of preparation not only is it just like rehearsals in general rehearsing together but and I realized this as I got more into music and I realized like this is this is what I'm going to do with my life there are so many hours that even just myself I have spent playing these songs just by myself the the amount of time that you spend like writing the songs practicing them and a lot of times it's just because you love doing it but it is a lot of work I mean the amount of hours I've probably played with these songs I'm going to be playing today and just played on my guitar just alone without anybody or with the band it's it's absurd but I think a lot of us don't think about it that way sometimes because we just love what we're doing 
So that's a huge blessing. Because if I did not love this, I don't know how you could do it. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a little tiring. Do um, your do your bandmates have to be prepared for you to, to switch a song on them in the middle of a set? If you're feeling a call from the Holy Spirit, are they ready to go if you say, hey, we're going to do this instead? Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of times I am, I'm a very laid back person in, in general, in life, very laid back and easygoing. When it comes to being prepared for a set, especially if I have a full band, um, I'm a little bit more of a stickler about how the set's going to go. But once again, it's different for me if it's my songs that I've written that are a little less worship and then a, a worship set where you're, re I mean, that's really about praising the Lord and that can change very easily. But the good thing is so, so many musicians, it doesn't even matter who I'm working with. If you're doing this, you know, all these worship songs, like the back of your hand, like you really do. Um, so it's very easy to kind of change it up. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between mm -hmm. maybe some of the music that's the difference between worship and just Catholic music or Christian music? There's because hmm. it seems to me, at least as I listen to it, there's songs that definitely lead you into prayer and worship, and then there's good Catholic music that's just going to like give you the message, yes. allow you to receive. And um, just be inspired by it. So it, it seems to me, again, not being a music guy, yeah, that there is a difference. There is, there is. I think so. A lot of the music I'm writing, and I'm, I'm writing with other people though for their records, their worship records, because I'm so into worship music and leading it and listening to it every morning and all of that. But so a lot of the music I write is more just like Christian or Catholic music. For me, it's more pop. It's called like CCM, contemporary okay. Christian music. Yep. And so a lot of that is focused more on on the melody and making it catchy and and I love that I I think that's kind of where my songwriting shines is making it catchy having a hook there and um, sometimes though those songs are not easy to sing De my songs you'll hear today some of them are not very easy to sing they sound a lot like the pop music on the radio which sometimes is not easy um, but that is always like I'm always trying to point people to Christ and that's more it's more maybe helping somebody think more about the Lord or walk with the Lord with this music, whatever they're doing in their life. When it comes to worship music, um, that really is all about the encounter between that person listening and, and praying with that music and, um, and God. And a lot of times those songs are more repetitive. The melody is a little easier to sing so that everybody can join in. Um, and sometimes people may think, why is it so repetitive? This is so boring. <laughs> I used to think that a lot, but the thing is, once you repeat these words, whatever the truth is, you may not even believe it at the start. It just like, it gets into your heart and you have an encounter with the Lord in that way. And it's, it's true prayer. Um, it reminds me kind of like of, of chant a little bit. It's kind um, of, for me, the difference, and this just came to me of, of, as I'm thinking through it too. There's a difference between me giving the homily and then me praying the Eucharistic prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're both like sharing and proclaiming the message. Mm -hmm. But but one is intentional towards whether it's the intellect or the heart, if you will, and f feeding that person. And then you get into the Eucharistic prayer and it's directed all towards the Lord. Yes. Where all the words and all that you're saying is fully directed to worship of God and offering mm -hmm. God praise and thanks. And so... Exactly. You know, it's... it's it's all working together, you yes. know? Um, and you need both, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, you do. You and need I, both. And I think if you're going to put a visual to it, you know, what I hear you saying, the main difference really being the direction that your words are going. I mean, yes. when, you're, when you're singing in a concert, I mean, you're singing to 
them. Yeah. You're singing to them. It's it's this way. It's yeah. horizontal. And when you're singing in worship, you're singing vertically you and they're God. joining with you. Yeah. I mean, it's just the arrows are pointing a different way. Exactly. Except it's, it's just all about God, but right. yes, the arrows are pointing a different way. And and once again, I think if we had just just uh, worship music or just like liturgical or something like that and nothing else, we would know there was a space missing for the music that I'm writing right now, at least right now, and vice versa. So... Um, there are definitely times when I'm like, I'm going to turn on, some, turn on some worship music right now because I'm fearing a little bit or I'm anxious and I know I just need to repeat these words of truth to God through this. Um, and then there are other times where I'm like, I'm just in a good mood and I want to listen to music that's going to direct me towards God in a different way, but maybe not in, in such an intentional, prayerful way, you know, where mm-hmm. I'm sitting in my room, I'm like, okay, let's pray. So... Yeah, I'd like to get uh, back for a minute in the little time we have left to kind of the heart of your your musical philosophy and the heart of what you do. And it goes back to the quote that he shared. This maybe is going to be a loaded question, but okay. um, I'm sure you saw the recent poll that far fewer than half of Catholics believe in the real presence yeah. of Jesus in the Eucharist right now. Yeah, How does that motivate you in your ministry, in the heart of your ministry, or reinvigorate what you're doing right now? Yeah, I think there are two ways people can react to that type of news. And one is saying, oh my gosh, I'm just going to throw in the towel. This is a really sad time in history, right? And then the other way that you could look at it, which is how I look at all of this, is um, when you're in a moment like that where people don't see the truth and maybe we're in a little bit more of darkness when it comes to seeing the truth, that's where we can all the more shine that light of Christ's truth and especially about... um, the Eucharist. And so for me, a lot of my music doesn't, it doesn't even um, directly point to the Eucharist, even though I have songs that are about Jesus and the Eucharist. Um, but for me, as a Catholic that's doing Christian music, I work with so many people that are Protestant, so many people who don't identify as Catholic at all, and they don't maybe even know a Catholic, at, like personally. And there have been so many times where I'm playing my music or I'm getting to know them and talking to them. And because they just meet me and I'm playing this music that they can feel is directing them to God and I'm Catholic and I have a personal relationship with the Lord and I believe in the Eucharist and we always talk about that because that's what would always keep me in the church. That just like uh, flicks a switch in their mind. Like maybe for the first time ever. I've heard that so many times and um, that's such a blessing to me. That to me is probably one of the biggest blessings. Being a Catholic doing this and maybe not always doing this with Catholics. Um, whether they're in the audience they're not Catholics or the people I'm working with aren't Catholic. Because I think God's probably going to work through that even more than than other ways. I thought he was going to work in this music. Do you ever find that challenging? As you're out there working with non-Catholic artists, do you ever get challenged to in, you know what? in your faith as a Catholic? Or? I, remember, I remember years ago, the first time I was with these pretty big people, like they're on the radio, I was opening for them. I was actually, and I'm not afraid to say this, like I was, I was scared to do the sign of the cross because nobody else that came to these things were Catholic. And I thought they were going to think all these weird things about me that are obviously not true, like we worship Mary or something. Um, and after that, though, after that three-day stint, I was like, no, I've got to. I've got to be strong in my faith, and I'm so proud of this. And after that, people are so okay with it. Once they realize all these things, they might not know about the Catholic faith or, or these... Um, misinterpretations are not true you know they're very open it's actually Mm -hmm. pretty nice Dana thanks for being with us uh, here on the radio on Real Presence uh, Radio and we look forward to hearing your music tonight on the stage folks head down to the cathedral Um, Dana will be on at 515 